new beginning. All right, welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast, and we have a special version of our podcast, and we call it the Dreamcast episode. We've had two previously uh, in and around Christmas time. We released episode one and two of the Dreamcast, and this is the third one. So what we're trying to do with these, first of all, my name is Sean Ram. Alongside with me is Joshua Black. We should probably introduce ourselves, and we have a podcast called the Grief Dreams Podcast. Josh, can do our listeners a favor and explain what the podcast is about? Well, Sean, the podcast is a deep, informative conversation with people who have lived a life and also suffered a loss and they talk about their journeys and talk about their dreams and they also talk about their dreams that they want to have and so i'm really excited i love these episodes because it gives me a reason to go back to uh, listen to these episodes and hear all the amazing stories and dreams people have shared along the way and so yeah definitely excited to hear some of these dreams once again yeah, that's what it is. It's a, it's a variety. It's it, we've compiled uh, kind of previous interviews, uh, previous guests that we've had on. We've had on like you know seventy five or so guests and interviews, and so what we're putting together their dreams of their loved ones that they've had, uh, as well as uh, you know trying to help them create kind of uh, any hypothetical scenario of if they could have a dream with their loved one, what it would look like to kind of open up those questions. Uh, so before we begin, just want to give a shout out to all the listeners across the world and United States and Canada. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate uh, all taking the time out, all the downloads and, and listens, and, and we hope you're enjoying it as much as uh, we enjoy putting these shows together. Yeah, so it's, it's nice, Sean, that uh, we're, we're doing this. And also, it gives me a break also since you're, you're pulling together all these clippets and stuff that... Uh, I'm really busy right now with the dissertation, so this gives me a little bit of break to uh, away from the podcast and until we came together today to actually do these recordings. And so I'm I'm just super excited how you know I got three weeks, maybe less, um, for my full draft to be done, and then I'll be uh, defending after that. So uh, my PhD road is coming to a close, and I uh, I'm super excited to see what uh, what doors open as I move forward in this thing. But uh, I got to say, after that Father's Day episode that we did, it really, you know, that, that opened me up a little bit more. And just through this process of closing out the PhD, I can see my grief actually coming up in different surges because this means a lot to me in the sense of my whole goal of finishing the, the PhD and the reason why I started it and also from the loss of my father. So I think yeah, it's interesting how we get these surges of grief and I haven't had any dreams yet of my father in the last little bit. So it'd be interesting to see if this, um, what dreams come as we move forward in the next like two, two, three months when it comes to finishing the PhD. Yeah, that's so good to hear. You know, things seem like they're really ramping up for you and, and coming to an end in, in a really good way with, with your PhD and doctorate. You know, again, the podcast is kind of reflective of that. Things are, you know, we're getting more and more interviews, more and more downloads and more and more enthusiasm for the work that we're doing. And uh, things, you know, next year just in moving forward are just going to um, go from there and explode. And, and that's also great because it's it's uh, we're seeing the changes in society as well. And, and I think it's a great time to have a podcast that's uh, providing something of uh, considerable value to individuals. And we just hope that, uh, you know, you listeners and audience members do get something from it. You know, I encourage all of you to go back, listen to some of uh, the previous ones. You know, there's a lot of gems in there, a lot of great episodes with a lot of great individuals who are sharing their lives and their stories. So 
uh, take a listen to those. So without further ado, we are going to jump right in here. And the first Dreamcast sequence we have is from episode 57 with Eileen Doyon. She is an author and has lost multiple people in her life. Here she is talking about her mother and her father and dreams she's had of both of them and how those dreams have influenced her in her life. Towards the end, Joshua helps her build a dream that she would like to have of her father. And so on your journey so far, so, you know, with your father and after his passing and everything and your mother and brother, have you ever had any dreams about them? I did. And um, first, I'll tell you in regards to my father. Um, and it's it's only I've only had this one dream about him and it's so vivid in my head. I have good days and bad days still. And when my bad days are bad, they are bad. And, you know, sometimes it just it. I, sometimes I just don't want to, yeah, I want to be with him and not here it, to, a, to a certain degree because I miss him so that much. And, you know, and I, I dreamt one night I was having a really bad day and um, I, I dreamt about him and I saw him and my dad, used, he was a, a very good golfer. And my dad, I think I had mentioned to you, he was 86 when he died, but in looking at him, he was how I remember him best. He had, you know, the V-neck sweater on, the, the light color with the white t-shirt showing and, you know, uh, the polyester pants that they used to wear. He was probably in his late 30s to 40. And he had, you know, white, white shoes on and he looked like he did when he was going to the golf course you know to meet out his buddies and things like that and I was laying on the ground crying hysterically and I had you know my hand up to reach to, for him to reach to me and I just you remember saying you know dad I don't I want to come with you I don't want to go back I don't want to go back I want to be with you and he wouldn't take my hand I remember he he looked down at me and he said you know you can't go it's not your time and he said you know it, it's not your time and I view that or and I take that as he was telling me if things are going to be okay, I have a mission here. And I, that's why I'm so passionate about my mission. I think it was a sign that I'm doing the right thing and I need to keep going, not so much for myself, but for others. And when the when it's time, it will be the time, but it's not now. So I have to keep going and I have to keep having good days and better days and not bad days and that things are okay. And it's it's funny. I, I remember I I only dreamt about my mom once and I, I feel my, my father, I talk to my dad every day and I feel I get these signs that my dad is around for whatever ways I think he responds to me and gives me signs. But that was a clear dream and that was a, a sign because I think of how bad I felt. But I remember I, I mentioned to you I live in New Hampshire and, you know, I still have all my friends in New York where I grew up. And my mom had a, a friend and I went to school with her daughter. They worked with together and she she she, she passed away at one night and I said I wasn't going to go to the funeral or the wake because I just, you know, timing's never right. Sometimes it's a four hour trip back, you know, down and then come back. And I really didn't want to go to the wake at a funeral. And I dreamt about my mom and her that night. 
and I remember waking up the next day and I said to my husband, I said, I have to go to Charlotte, Mrs. Ford's uh, funeral and wake. And I, I told him, I said, I dreamt my mother about my mother in Charlotte last night. And I think my mother was giving me a sign. I leave. You need, you need to go. It's the right thing to do. And I did go. And I'm very glad that I did go. And it was the right, it was the right thing to do. And I think because I wasn't deep down, I wasn't, I wouldn't have gone unless my mother would have spoken to me. And I think that she did um, that night. So I, I truly believe that when we need those messages so bad that they come to us through dreams and, and, you know, through what I, and through other signs. I'm a big believer in that. I think that's amazing because it's helping, it's helping your, your grief and to know that you're still loved and to, and I like your dad's dream because it sort of helps you to know that he's still around you. But the big thing was that your life is meaningful and, you know, sometimes we want to give up to, to go where they are or whatnot. But at that moment, you're not thinking about, as you said, all the people that you're helping along the way and all the people you're influencing to find joy and happiness in their lives and to help their grief. So I think it's so beautiful for you to get that feeling and that message. You know, your life is meaningful. And, you know, if it's meaningful, man, like I can't imagine what the next 10 years will be because it's just your path. And when you're following your heart and doing something you love, life doesn't seem as as difficult as when you're just in the the depth of grief and nothing's going on you're hiding yourself from the world so i gotta admit that dream was really cool really amazing to hear that and then also your mom's dream um to help you make a decision and to correct a decision that you were making and like wow like that's so cool and you followed that and you had and you enjoyed the time being there with those people and being at the funeral so I think it's it's a beautiful thing that you're having those types of dreams because there's a bunch of different types people can have. So I'm really happy you had those. So the last question we like to ask on the podcast is if you could have a dream tonight where you could talk to either one or multiple deceased people, um, what would that dream look like to you? I think that that dream would be me and my dad sitting on a park bench with a body, you know, on a lake, Lake George, New York, and just talking and finding out all those details about my dad's life of things that I don't know that I would like to know. So that's what it would be because he loved the water. He loved Lake George. We used to camp on Lake George all the time. And I would just like it to be him and I selfishly. And that's what I would dream about. That's beautiful. Nothing wrong with that. You know, we need our our time, right? Our one-on-one time. And so what would the both of you be wearing? My, uh, let's see. I would be, my dad would, would be wearing, as I mentioned before, that sweater because that, you know, his, his golfing outfit, if you will, because that's how I remember him at his happiest time. And I would be wearing probably a Patriots t-shirt <laughs> um, because I love the Patriots. And my father used to get a kick out of, um, you know, watching the football games with us and, and things like that. And he got a kick out of um, how much I, I loved the team and always, you know, kind of got on my case and things like that. That's what I would be wearing. That's beautiful. That's funny. And the last question, what age would you want him to be at? Would the same age you saw him in your last dream? Yes. 
probably late 30s to 40 because I think those were the happiest times of his life and um, I just I just know that that's what he would where he would be happiest at, at that age in his life beautiful wow uh, thanks for sharing that and making up that dream I think it's beautiful to see what people people wish for and what people want and I think it's it's nice that you do have these questions about his life that you want to know more about who he was as an individual and the stories he shares and I think it's funny because your whole your whole journey with these books is you know getting people to tell their stories and now you're saying dad tell me some stories <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that 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 that's true that's true it's, I, I guess it's been in my blood all along Thank you, Eileen, for sharing that. It's amazing to uh, hear some of these dreams. And so the next one we have is from episode 60, Matthew Cosell. He's a throat singer who uh, had lost his parents. And so here we have Jade talking with him and making a dream that he wants to have. Please enjoy. So the last question I have is, we always ask our listeners, if you could have any dream tonight of anybody that's, passed over your father or 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 otherwise who would you dream of and and what would that dream look like in terms of setting well uh, if it had to be one person i would say my mom um she made her transition uh in august of 2016 and uh, i've had a couple of glimpses of her in dream time but it hasn't been as clear as some of these other dreams i have with my dad and I just trust that it'll happen when it's supposed to happen. And I, I feel her around me, you know, all the time, and especially whenever I think of her or, or talk about her. But, uh, you know, I still miss her greatly. And, um, you know, even though I, I know she's not really gone, but, uh, you know, just to be able to hold her hand and look into her eyes and just take her in, that um, I, it would be my mom if I, if I could make that choice. And when you're when you're holding her hand and looking to her eyes, is there anything said, or is it just you know just that moment of being together? Yeah, it's just the moment of being together and and being in that loving space. We would talk about you know things, events, and you know people, and but there is an underlying uh, bond, you know. And and she got to live. Uh, she died just one month short of her ninetieth birthday. And um, I actually got to be with her the last two months that she was here and uh, stay, stayed with her in her home. And, and so she got to die in her home and, um, and be active literally, literally till the end. So I'm, you know, very, very grateful for that experience. And um, hmm. That's a, it's, it's amazing. A, precious connection yeah well it's amazing like you, you were there for both parents as they're dying and that you were given that gift to be able to be there and i think that's amazing it probably meant uh, the world to both of them uh as they're transitioning and going back to this dream um so i always like to go a little deeper a little further into the settings and so where would you want to be in your old house did you want to be in the forest oh hmm uh Oh, I love the forest. That'd be nice. <laughs> I'll take the forest. <laughs> cool. Last yeah. one. La or cut there. Yeah, two more questions. And what do you want your mom to be wearing? Oh, whatever she's comfortable in. 
<laughs> she didn't have a favorite shirt or anything, or you want to be a white robe, like a yogi? Uh, <laughs> nah, I don't think that's her style, but uh, <laughs> it's not as a, how I know her, but she might be, you know, she might appear in that. She, you know, mom, if you want to, you can show up, we can wear whatever you want to the dream. Okay. <laughs> there you go, no restrictions. That's no funny. restrictions. <laughs> Well, I, no, I, I really hope when the time is right that, that, that you are gifted with that dream. And I, it might not be, you know, exactly as that, but I, I, I totally agree with you when you say, you know, when the time is right. Thank you, Matthew, for sharing that and being on the podcast. All right, so this next uh, episode is episode 61. We have Mary Jo Hyen on, who is a natural dream work practitioner and in this episode, she works with Dreams of the Bereaved and the Dying. And so you can check that out if you want to learn more about or hear more about those dreams. But here she actually talks about uh, the death of her father and grandmother and how her dreams of with her grandmother don't actually have her in the imagery, which I think is really fascinating. But the location itself provides the meaning of comfort and love that you don't really hear from other dreams on on the podcast. So check this out. So, uh, Mary Jo, I want to go to more of these dreams. Do you, your own uh, dreams, do you ever dream of anyone else who has uh, died uh, in your life? Do you dream of those people who you work with their dreams and then they die? Like, how are your dreams in reflection to uh, the deceased? I don't have, and so this is interesting for me because this is not something I've, I've looked at much, but, but having been in conversation with you, it's made me aware that I've had some dreams of my own father. Years and years ago, one of my um, beloved grandmother, and I, she, she doesn't show up in um, current dreams, but uh, she, it was, my grandmother was an Italian grandmother, and so there were obviously two kitchens in the house, and one was in the basement, and, and you could have gone there at midnight, and there would be food waiting. Um, so her kitchen, basement kitchen will show up in dreams and so while she's not there there's this feeling quality when the dream opens and I'm in my grandmother's kitchen basement and there's a feeling for me of of support and love and um, that quality because locations in our dream you know our dreams open up and they have us in a location where is our soul in that moment where is the dream placing us before we get to the right at the end we always like to ask one question darwin dave do you know what that question is <laughs> if you could have one dream of your loved one any place anytime anywhere where would it be i would have let me preface this and say, remember that we work with images in the dreams that carry a feeling. I would have a dream with my dad, and we could either be walking down the gravel road where I grew up as a kid, and being together in the quiet and the talking, or we could be sitting in the backyard, which he loved to do, uh, and he wore the goofiest fishing cap, um, and talking with my dad. And our talks consisted of uh, serious topics, as you can imagine, um, with his experience. And I've had some experiences 
And also my dad had, the, he was tickled by life and saw the humor in it. And he could just say one line and make me laugh so hard. So that's what I would be. Nothing, nothing too elaborate, just, just hanging with my dad, even in the quiet, the wordless place, just being together or our shared quiet talking. So I, lo I love that question. Yeah, I'm, I, I, we don't have video right now, but I'm smiling. Cause I, <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel the tickledness of, of my dad. <laughs> That's a beautiful dream. And what age would you guys want to be? Because he died a little older and you're a little older now. Do you want to be like younger or do you want him to be younger? Like what age do you guys want to be? Um, I don't know that it matters as much to me, but I would say when I see him in uh, my mind's eye, I probably see him in his 40s. And uh, that would put me, I'm trying to do the math here. He was 25 when I was born. <laughs> I don't, can't do the math, don't ask me. <laughs> so, so 20s 15. or 30s, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. 15, okay. that's cool, yeah. <laughs> we, we both shared the same kind of goofy sense of humor. We got, we got, we got each other. So, yeah, I, I've got a big, you can hear the smile in my, my voice right now. Yeah. <laughs> Now we have Christopher Hall, who is the CEO of the Australian Center for Grief and Bereavement. Um, he spent some time talking about his father, dream he had of his father. And he also talks about why there has been a neglect in the research of grief dreams, as well as extraordinary experiences. Enjoy. So going on to grief dreams now, have you ever had a dream of your father or, or someone else after they've passed? have it's really interesting I, I was thinking after we'd agreed to kind of catch up I thought my gosh you know I really only have one kind of dream about my father uh and uh and again having listened to other people on my podcast I'm, at some level I, I've got a level of kind of envy about the whole richly textured and nuanced dreams they've had um but it's interesting I actually had a second uh dream only a, a week or so ago um so the first dream I had was probably about three years after his his death, and in fact it wasn't um, it wasn't a kind of a dream that had any particular kind of narrative or story. I'd just woken up and had a very strong feeling that I'd been in the presence of my father. There was a there was just something, um, and in effect, in effect, there was nothing that I could recall other than the fact that my father had been there. And so it was much more about a quality. There was no particular story. There was just the sense that I'd been asleep and I'd been in the presence of my father, and that was a really nice thing. Um, and uh, I, I recall I woke up and I was crying, I was sobbing, um, and it was just this very strong sense that um, there'd been a connection and the the essence. I, I'd been in a sense, in the presence of the essence of my father. Uh, there was no conversation, there was no words. It was just this really strong sense of connection. And um, and that was really, that was really um, powerful. It was, it was strange in that my other dreams, had, well, my normal dreams, if you like, had always come with some kind of story or some kind of context. So that was really um, very strange um, and very different. The other, the other dream, which was a much more recent one, was a, a dream, in fact, of my, my uncle, my father's brother. 
and um, my father died of, Alzheimer's, uh, of Alzheimer's, and my uncle died a number of years um, later with Alzheimer's as well. And I remember being in this um, this building, some meeting hall, and uh, there were stalls set up, there were tables set up around, and I remember going up to this table and seeing my my uncle standing behind, and uh, you know he was smiling, and uh, he he said, uh, "Oh yes, I've seen your dad. Yeah, I've seen your dad. Uh, he's he's fine. He's fine." Um, <laughs> And, and that and that was it. So it's just a really now whether or not the idea of coming on the podcast was was a, a trigger to that, but I certainly went to sleep intentionally saying, "Yeah, I'd really like a dream um, about my father. That would be that would be nice." And so in a sense, it wasn't a dream about my father. It was a, it was a dream about my father, but it was in fact my uncle just providing this reassurance that yeah, he's he's fine. So I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a very different kind of experience. But I sometimes think that, in fact, perhaps the absence of my father in my dream life is is counterbalanced by the presence of my father in my you know lived life, and that uh, he's something I think about often. And even in my teaching, um, I'll often reflect upon my father as. I guess as a kind of personal example, and this idea of you know a continuing connection that the death isn't about saying goodbye, and that there are many aspects of my father that I continue, not just in my work, but I guess also in my my personality and and my interests. So yeah, so they've kind of been the two two dreams um, that I've had. It's it's so interesting to hear those and how you reflect on the especially the first one. You said there's no story, like it was different from other dreams, and I think that's what you're referring to with a lot of these profound dreams you're hearing about too. And even the dream you shared is not really like there's it's very simple and it's very straightforward, and there seems to be some type of message or something going on, or the Mm. feeling, um, which is totally different from you know being in a spaceship outside being chased by aliens. You know, like there's there's nothing. Or turning up to school naked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like those ones. Uh, so, so it's nice. It's like it almost feels like it's real life in a way. You're just with them or you're at a, you know, you see them. And it's so fascinating you had that. And so how did you, when you, so the first time you woke up and you had that and you cried and reflected, when you had the second dream with your uncle sharing that your father's okay, how did that make you feel when you woke up? It didn't come with kind of, a, you know, a strong emotional kind of um, connection. Um yeah, so I certainly didn't wake up distressed. I felt, um, I felt pleased. I felt, um, in fact, with both of them, there was, a, there was a real level of peacefulness about them. Um, it was, I found it affirming, and I, I found it, I found it surprising, in that I certainly didn't expect kind of, if you like, a message, air quotes, um, from from my dead uncle about my you know my my dead father so yeah i mean you know some very people talk about real fear about going to sleep and the fear about their dreams but certainly fear wasn't uh, or distress wasn't a feature of those um those dreams that i had i felt yeah that's nice that's that's nice Um, and i like i like hearing those dreams where people get a sense of peace when they wake up you know it's mm. 
because usually like just in you know dream research most of our dreams are negative in nature on average and after loss yeah. they're supposed to be more negative too but for whatever reason when the bereaved is mentioned or is part of it the like the imagery it tends to be peaceful and which is very surprising to me and my supervisor we're just like it doesn't make sense according to what what other research has been on you know dreams and trauma or dreams mm -hmm. and improvement so it's it's very interesting on what's going on but yeah like to be able man that's it's cool that you know thinking about you know coming on the podcast triggered it i'm guessing people are going to think that coming on this show has some kind of like magical uh, flair to get one of these dreams <laughs> be bombarded by emails <laughs> people want to come on <laughs> yeah yeah maybe you could offer a pizza service you know I, yeah we'll find you a slot and you'll you'll, you'll have a dream that come with it um uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's um, it's it's really interesting, and I think you know many people you know the thing about bereavement is it often takes people to painful places, but even if that pain in, contains a connection to the person, you know people will go to the cemetery, and that will be distressing, but they'll also find a, a sense of connection with the person. So you know that that kind of continuing connection comes in, which brings some degree of comfort, comes in the midst of the pain. Um, and it's not a, certainly not an antidote to the pain, but just kind of going back to the idea of this, you know, ongoing connection. I, I remember my father telling me the story that as he was growing up, he, his parents were Methodist ministers. So I come from a long line of, of uh, missionaries and, and priests. Um, but he was forbidden from from um, whistling in the home. It was just something that he was not allowed to do. So he, in in um, what he developed was this kind of what I can then describe as a sub-audible whistle. It's kind of a, he'd <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, make this noise without, you know, whistling. And I, I remember not long after his death, going to work one day and finding myself doing this <laughs> um, whistle, which is very much my father's uh, whistle. Um, growing up, my father kept bees and we had this little shed called the bee room and there was all lots of interesting stuff that I'd often go in there and, you know, fiddle with and get into trouble for. But, you know, I now live on a property and we've got beehives. And uh, so even even keeping bees and, and making honey is a kind of very much a connection to my uh, to my father. So, you know, this idea that we are, we're kind of a pastiche of personalities, we, we kind of co-opt or, or other parts of people find their ways, you know, ways into our lives and, and, uh, and that's expressed. And so um, that's why I think in, in many ways my father is still very, you know, very much a part of, uh, very part of me, much part of me in my life, I think. No, it's beautiful, especially how you articulate that in the different ways. And sometimes they're conscious and you make an effort and other times it just happens, but you know, yeah. they're definitely a part of you still. Yeah. Nothing can take that away. Exactly. Whether you like it or not. And, yeah. you know, our relationships with living people can be complicated and our relationships with dead people can be complicated too. And, mm -hmm. you know, there is certain, you know, parts of relationships you might, you know, let go of or perhaps not focus on so much. So, um, you know, and I think certainly, certainly for me, therapy um, left me with a arriving in a place where, you know, people do the best they can, um, you know, given their own experiences and and so forth. So I guess, you know, taking a more compassionate view of, of other people's limitations um, or inabilities. And, you know, my father was not someone who you go outside and throw a football around with, but Certainly, my love of books and love of learning have come from him. So, you know, it swings and swings and roundabouts. Yeah, no, it's definitely uh, yeah, it's very interesting.
about just you know grief and that's i think people are so shocked when it first happens like the first meaningful loss because there's all this mm. stuff that they never heard about before and they're experiencing and they think they may be going crazy because they're whistling yeah. you know like <laughs> yeah you know and but it's it's all normal right like this stuff is you know to really you know understand like there's so many different ways we mourn and how we make meaning from our loss so i think it's great that you shared those examples for the audience to listen to and uh, I want to ask, too, one question about grief dreams for you. Uh, I've talked about on the show a bunch of times how there's very little research. Why do you think that is? Do you have any kind of understanding? Because, like, I went into the field and I was shocked. And I still am very shocked. And yeah. um, that there's just nothing really there that that should be there, you know? And yeah. grief's been looked at for so much. But do you know, understand why maybe that it hasn't been looked at? Yeah. Well, worse, I think that's a fantastic opportunity for a doctoral student. <laughs> uh, I, I think I, I think it does reflect a kind of a broader um, uh, challenge around both bereavement and also about dreams. Mm. You know, and I think I think sometimes dreams brings with it sort of um, a deal of, of of baggage. And I think you know many people think about dreams and you know the Freudian idea of dream interpretation and and then you've got things like you know you know dream. Uh, dictionaries where you can look up, you know, something. So I think in some ways, you know, dreams has been something that's been devalued within our culture. And so I think that's, uh, and and perhaps for some people has kind of developed this kind of flaky idea. And so I think that's one reason. I also think that, that the field is, is coming very late to the party um, around understanding the importance and value of dreams for brief people. You know, we know just in terms of sleep, that that sleep is such an important feature for bereaved people. You know, insomnia is a very strong mark for people who have difficulties in bereavement. And some of that is about people's fear about their dreams or their distress mm. or not being able to stay or being woken by, by dreams. So I think that's one reason why it's been yeah, a slow area. I suppose the other parallel I would draw is some of the recent work that's been done on extraordinary experiences that many bereaved people have um, experiences such as feeling the presence of the deceased, seeing the deceased, smelling the, feeling the touch of the deceased. This is something that bereaved people are very reluctant to talk about, and they're reluctant because of the fear of being seen as going crazy. But we know that you know, over 70% of bereaved people have what we might call extraordinary experiences. And people will make their own meaning. For some, it may be a, a spiritual belief. It may be an afterlife belief. Um, but I think it's something where where we now uh, would actively invite bereaved people to talk about. You know, since since the death of this person, have you had any experiences that are kind of seem weird or crazy or, or extraordinary? And people often really freely talk about those. And so I think there is a, this bit of there's a fear with many bereaved people that if I talk about this, I'll be seen as being kind of nutso. Um, <laughs> But, but I remember mentioning this once in a workshop and a guy came up to me during the break and said, you know, four months after his wife died, he was walking down a main street in, 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 in his town and he glanced over his right shoulder and his wife was walking beside him. And he said mm-hmm. she was as real then as you are to me today. They had a conversation about their children and after a few minutes she, she was no longer there. And this was not a crazy man. This was somebody who was having an extraordinary experience that was really rich in meaning and provided enormous comfort to him. And so I think 
you know, like dreams, there is a kind of a bit of reluctance about um, talking about these events that they're often difficult to explain or difficult to convey. And, uh, and so I think that's a really, it's an important thing that we, we now really should be actively asking people, you know, about their dreams because they are so rich in meaning for people. They provide such often either sources of comfort or sources of distress. Um, in the same way we might ask them if they've had any other extraordinary experiences. Yeah, I think it's beautiful because you're right, like so many people keep it hidden for fear of judgment. Mm. And and what I've yeah. sort of come to know is just by asking the question, like I'll ask people in the grocery stores if I see like they have a memorial tattoo on or or, or over yeah, here yeah. something to do with their a loss, I'll just ask and how grateful they are just to be able to share the dream that they had. And I think Absolutely. the same thing with extraordinary experiences, if you just ask the question, they feel it's more safe um, yeah. to be able to share that. And so I think that's beautiful because really... Yeah. Well, you said 70%, right? In one, one study. That's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. 70%. So there are a lot of people having these experiences and, you know, and not sharing them or talking about them. Um, but, you know, as I, my view is that what most people want to do is make sense of their experience. They want to find some meaning in this experience. And, and those sorts of things can be really, really very powerful. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Wow, With asking. That's great. Well, thank you for sharing that stuff. And uh, so those listeners, if you had those experiences, you're not alone. You're just not alone. Um, so the last question we like to ask on the podcast is probably what you're thinking about uh, in bed <laughs> last <laughs> week. What dream would you want to have of someone who has died um, tonight, if you could? Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this because I, yeah, I knew this question was coming from, from hearing other episodes. And I think what I came down with is a dream where I see my father smile. Hmm. Um, so probably a dream, I'm thinking one time we're in the car together. And I, I think probably just a dream where I've been in the, uh, in the car and just look over and see his smile. And, nice. Uh, and where are you, since you're, so, and you're so big with ritual and environment, where are you going? Uh, going home. Um, <laughs> Going uh, um, after my father retired, we he ended up living in a, a kind of small village. It was a historical, um, very important historical town, and uh, so I think it would be a case of being on the road, traveling to this little town called Molden, which is in central Victoria, and uh, yeah, so that that certainly would be where we're going. That's nice. And did he have like a favorite music track you like to listen to or a radio show? Or yeah, well, I mean, he was he was very much in kind of um, classical music, and again, that's something I picked up. I'm an adult student at the flute, um, and uh, so he'd often listen to. It was interesting with his dementia that one of the the last things I guess that was to go was in sense sense of music so if he became distressed my mother had actually a, a series of recordings of hymn music you know, religious music that she put on and he'd actually become very you know very calm um, once once that music was being, being played of course music he grew up with uh, so um, perhaps it'd be a piece of, of classical music uh, uh, on the radio as we're in oh, his that... car on a sunny day 
That's cool. And the last one, last question I have, I'm trying to picture in my mind, what age do you want him to be? Because you said he died around 82. Did you want him to be yeah. younger? Young, do you want him to be younger than you? Do you want him to say the same age as you? Like, what, what age would you want him to be? Yeah, I think probably, you know, probably 60s. Hmm. You know, maybe mid-60s. So, you know, older than I am at the moment. <laughs> because I think, you know, if... if, if I hadn't really thought about him as, as being younger than me. That feels a little weird. I have to, I have to process that a bit more. Um, <laughs> that's giving me, me some homework. Um, yeah. Um, but one of the great things that my father did was he wrote a, a autobiography, um, and I helped him kind of get that published. It was called uh, The Valley of Decision. And, uh, and so that's been great to get a sense of his life and that helped me make sense of, of who he became as well. So, you know, um, what I'm doing with my mother at the moment, she's, uh, she'll be 90 in July, is I've gone up and I'm doing a, a, I'm videotaping interviews. We've done about three hours so far. We're up to uh, when she found out about the outbreak of the, of the Second World War. But really just trying to get down on tape all those stories, um, all the anecdotes. Um, so to have that kind of biography is, is really important I think it's beautiful because you can look back at that and because we forget details as we move forward so it's something you can always look yeah. back and to remember and especially if you get them Absolutely. on film you hear their voice again and you exactly. see them you know like just smile and have their you know weird quirks that is just yeah, it makes so, them who they are absolutely and you can need to look at photographs and, and talk about who's there because you know once she dies there'll be you know uh, there'll be whole history that will die with her and uh and so it's it's, it's going to be nice to uh, to actually have that recorded, um, you know, for posterity. Thank you, everyone, who shared today. Um, it takes a lot of courage, like I said before, to even come on the podcast and talk about your personal life, talk about loss and the death you've experienced in your life and, and dreams you've had of your loved ones. Um, and so it takes a lot of courage to hear from everybody, Eileen Doyon, Matthew Cosell, and Christopher Hall. So thank you to all of them. Yeah, it's always amazing to, as I said, like to recap some of these episodes, because even for me, I forget we have so many people on. You forget some of the stories that people have told and shared. So if you're new to this podcast, you know, feel free to check out those uh, episodes if you haven't listened to them yet, because uh, they have said some backstory on their life and their, their grief themselves. And also like take a take a look at the, uh, the Grief Dreams website. Also, if you're new, there's some information on common questions uh, that I answer and just other information about the topic that uh, you may like. And also the Grief Dreams podcast tab. There's information on all the episodes that we've had. So if it's if that's something you're looking into, if you have some spare time, check it out. Yeah, and uh, like we said before, we will be releasing more of these uh, Grief Dream episodes. Uh, so you can expect uh, the next few that are on our list. And hopefully you can get something out of it and enjoy those as well. Yeah, and as the sort of summer wraps up, it's I think it's it's really good to have these episodes out there, and then we'll have a uh, start start fresh again with some more interviews from a lot of different people. We have a lot of people on the list that uh, are waiting to come on, and hopefully you're getting uh, just a reminder if you're or if you're a regular follower of some of the dreams that people have. So uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, if you guys have opportunity, please check out again the website griefdreams.ca. Uh, looks amazing. A lot of information on there for you. 
Uh, as well, you can check us out on various platforms such as iTunes, such as Podbean, uh, Stitcher. We're also on Spotify if that's great for you. Um, and as well, uh, we are on Instagram, so you can check us out at Grief Dreams on Instagram and Twitter. Um, so yeah, <laughs> as we always like to end this show with love and gratitude from us to you. Introduce myself. You have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.